0: The Clark Ashton Smith Podcast As regular listeners will know, on the podcast we make frequent reference to Dawnwood Spire and Lonely Hill, the two-volume collection of the letters of H.P. Lovecraft and Clark Ashton Smith, 1922-1931. to 1931. The collection is edited by David E. Schultz and S.T. Joshi and is a veritable treasure trove of information about these two authors and friends. It gathers together all their existing correspondence from a period of almost 10 years and features many insights into their work and personalities. In 1929, Smith sent Lovecraft a copy of his new story, The Tale of St. Ampraseros, and Lovecraft of course was much taken with it and with good reason it's one of Smith's best stories in our opinion. One of the aspects of the story that Lovecraft particularly enjoyed was the introduction of the god Sarthogua. In fact he enjoyed it so much he incorporated Sarthogua into one of his own stories. Naturally enough Lovecraft wrote to his friend to tell him of this and also took the opportunity to fill in something of the background and history of this mysterious toad god. 10 Barn Street, Providence, Rhode Island, December 19th, 1929. Dear C.A.S. By this time I trust that Belknap has safely returned to Tamprazeros. The enclosures preceding this letter will serve to tell you what a genuine kick he got out of the tower. As for me, Salthogua made such an impression on my fancy that I am using him in the revision, i.e. ghostwriting job, I am now doing, telling of some of the things connected with his worship BEFORE he appeared on the Earth's surface. As you know, my tower concerns a netherworld of unbelievable antiquity below the Mound and Pueblo region of the American Southwest, and a visit thereto in 1541-45 by one of Coronado's men. Pamphilio de Zamanonca y e Núñez. It is a place litten by a blue radiance due to magnetic force and radioactivity and is peopled by the primal proto-humans brought down from the stars by Great Cthulhu, a forgotten decadent race who cut themselves off from the upper world when Atlantis and Lemuria sank. But there was a race of beings in the Earth infinitely older than they, the Saurian quadrupeds in the red-litten caverns of Yoth, which yawn underneath the blue-litten caverns of Kanyan. When the first men came to Kanyan, they found the archaeological reliquies of Yoth and speculated curiously upon them. At the point where I introduce our friend Sarthogua, the Spanish explorer has entered Kanyanyan and has encountered a party of friendly natives led by one gil and is being escorted to the great city of Tsuth mounted on a monstrous horned and half-human quadruped. I now quote the text. There was one object along this route which Gil exhibited on his own initiative, even though it involved a detour of about a mile along a vine-tangled side path. This was a squat plain temple of black basalt blocks without a single carving, and containing only a vacant onyx pedestal. The remarkable thing about it was its story, for it was a link with the fabled Elder World, compared to which even cryptic Yoth was a thing of yesterday. It had been built in imitation of certain temples, depicted in the vaults of Zin, to house a very terrible black toad idol found in the red-litten world and called Sarthogua in the Jothic manuscripts. It had been a potent and widely worshipped god and after its adoption by the people of Kanyan had lent its name to the city which was later to become dominant in that region. The Jothic legends said that it had come from a mysterious inner realm beneath a red world. A black realm of peculiar sensed beings which had no light at all, but which had great civilizations and mighty gods before even the reptilian quadrupeds of Yoth had come into being. Many images of Sothogior existed in Yoth, all of which were alleged to have come from the Black Inner Realm and which were supposed by Yothic archaeologists to represent the Aeon extinct race of that realm. The Black Realm, called Nkai in the Yothic manuscripts, had been explored as thoroughly as possible by these archaeologists, and its singular stone troughs or burrows had excited infinite speculation. When the men of Kanyan discovered the Red Litten World and deciphered its strange manuscripts, they took over the Sathogia cult and brought all the frightful toad images up to the land of blue light, housing them in shrines of yoth quarried basalt like the one Zamakona now saw. The cult flourished until it almost rivaled the ancient cults of Yig and Tulu and one branch of the race even took it to the outer world, where the smallest of the images eventually found a shrine at Olathoe in the land of Lomar near the Earth's North Pole. It was rumoured that this outer world cult survived even after the Great Ice Sheet and the hairy cannibal Gnofgeks destroyed Lomar, but of such matters not much was definitely known in Kalanyan. In that world of blue light, the cult came to an abrupt end, even though the name of Suth was suffered to remain. What ended the cult was the partial exploration of the Black Realm of N'Kai beneath the red-lidden world of Yoth. According to the Yothic manuscripts, there was no surviving life in it N'Kai, but something must have happened in the eons between the days of Yoth and the coming of men to the earth. Something perhaps not unconnected with the end of Yoth. Probably it had been an earthquake, opening up lower chambers of the lightless world which had been closed against the Yothic archaeologists, or perhaps some more frightful juxtaposition of energy and electrons wholly inconceivable to any sort of vertebrate minds had taken place. At any rate, when the men of khnanyan went down into Nkai's black abysses with their great atom power searchlights, they found living things. Living things that oozed along stone channels and worshipped onyxed and basalt images of Sathogua. But they were not toads like Sathogua himself. Far worse. They were amorphous lumps of viscous black slime that took temporary shapes for various purposes. The explorers of Knanyan did not pause for detailed observations and those who escaped alive sealed the passage leading from Redlit down into the gulfs of nether horror. Then all the images of Sarthogua in the land of Klanan were dissolved into the ether by disintegrating rays, and the cult was abolished forever. Eons later, when naive fears were outgrown and supplanted by scientific curiosity, The old legends of Sarthogua and Nkai were recalled, and a suitably armed and equipped exploring party went down to Yoth to find the closed gate of the Black Abyss and see what might still lie beneath. But they could not find the gate, nor could any man ever do so in all the ages that followed. Nowadays, there were those who doubted that any abyss had ever existed, but the few scholars who could still decipher the Yothic manuscripts believed that the evidence for such a thing was adequate, even though the middle records of Khman with accounts of the one frightful expedition into Ankai, were more open to question.